So I'm going to challenge you today that God's going to awaken something within us if we're willing to hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they will be filled. Are you hungry? Do you want more? So we just stir that up today. Father, help us today not to be here to be inspired by a speaker, but help us, Lord, to be empowered by a Savior who will take us into places that will transform society as the kingdom of God invades the earth through our surrendered, available lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. So it is this uh, season we've entered into. Today's the last week of Ghost Stories, a not-so-spooky series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, We really need to understand our relationship with the Spirit of God. We should be filled with the Spirit. There should be an indwelling of the Spirit. We've been talking through a lot of the terminology used. There's a lot of confusion about this topic. And I want to address it from a couple of perspectives uh, today, but I want to reiterate a few very important values that we've established in this. Uh, There are people in the room with experiential conclusions. How many of you have experienced the Holy Spirit before? So experiential conclusions start to be driven. Then people in the room with doctrinal conclusions. You've heard certain doctrinal positions. Theological conclusions. You've heard theological positions. And so we have all these different experiences and theology and doctrine. But uh, the main thing that we need to understand that our conclusions need to be biblical conclusions. It's great to have theological, experiential, doctrinal conclusions, but let's really step back from it all for a little bit and evaluate, are the conclusions that we have come to biblical? And it is important that we understand and recognize we don't all have to agree to be uh, a family, right? How many of you live in a family, in a house where not everybody agrees on everything? Two hands for some of us, right? Uh, And so it's okay to have distinction, and it's your first blank. I want you to write it in. I've said it every uh, week. And I'll say it again today, we can, as a family, we can have distinction without having to have division. And I shared this video last week, for those of you who are here, I just felt it was too good not to share this week, how you can have two experiences in the same context of the same room with two different expressions, and it's okay. Okay, how many of you in the room, how many of you in the room, you're the cautious cockatoo when the Holy Spirit comes? Can I just see? You ever raise your hand? All right. How many of you in the room, you're the crazy cockatoo when the Holy Spirit comes, right? And notice even the response of the two. Cautious cockatoo, yes, that's me. Crazy cockatoo, right? Two different expressions, which is right. You be you. You be you. This is a safe place for you to be you. Let's understand something very clearly. The Holy Spirit isn't weird. People are weird. You be you. I don't know, if you, I don't know about everybody in the room, but I, I readily admit I am weird. I am. 
I'm very expressive. I like to be loud. Uh, I parent loud. I husband loud. I, you know, everything I do, I do loud. I Holy Ghost loud, you know. I, I love the expression of the Spirit of God. I love to prophesy and get a look on my face. And, 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 you know, God's just God. In the middle of all of it, He works with anything we give Him. And, and you don't have to be a certain expression to be spiritual. Let's just stay engaged and be true to who God has called us to be and be awakened by the Spirit of God to walk out His plan. There's rowboat Christianity and there's sailboat Christianity. And rowboat Christianity is the Christianity where you have to strain at the oars to gain every inch you're going to gain. But sailboat Christianity is when the wind of the Spirit captures your sails and thrusts you into a dimension you did not even know existed. God wants us to be awakened to the supernatural. Come on, He's taking us somewhere on purpose. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And for God so loved those who said yes to Jesus, he sent his spirit to empower us to be everything that God has called us to be. The first verse I want to give you today is Psalms 25, 14. Very important verse to our family. This is actually a life verse for Lexi, something we've spoken over her all of her life. The Lord confides in those who fear him. Do you understand? God talks to those who are willing to cultivate a respectful, reverent relationship with him as their father. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. He's a speaking God. God is so conversational that he decided to introduce us to his son as a word. It's like God looked at humanity and he said, you're fallen, you're broken, may I have a word with you? And he just began to initiate this loving conversation of absolute restoration in every one of our lives. And that's what salvation is. Salvation is not a prayer we pray. Salvation is a conversation we initiate. And he's conversational with us all the days of our lives, helping us navigate through every circumstance and every situation. Last week, I shared several uh, illustrations. This has been a very defining uh, four weeks for us. I encourage you to go back and listen to those weeks. I talked last week about the uh, illustrations of the prophetic ministry and words of knowledge that are interfacing today in our society. I'm not talking about reading uh, New Testament Christianity in the book of Acts where this was happening. I'm talking right now, our generation, where there's actually interface taking place from prophetic societies, prophetic prophetic companies, the church that's praying and asking God for words of wisdom to help find people that are abducting children. They have had so many specific words that have led to the capture of these individuals who've been abducting children that the FBI is now inviting them in specifically, pray and give us any information that you feel like God is saying to you because we have actually found people as a result of the things that you have shared. This came about as a group of Christians began to pray, and they found out that there was this guy named Nicholas that once upon a time, uh, a while back in history, he had a dream. God revealed to him children had been being abducted from his society, from his culture, and they couldn't figure out why. He had a dream, and God spoke to him that the children were being abducted in pickle barrels. So he went to the authorities and shared. He felt like God had given him a word. And guess what? They, they found the children were being abducted in pickle barrels. And that dude named Nicholas later became a saint. And the legend of Santa Claus is born from a man that loved Jesus Christ, served God. And the story of this whole situation so encouraged these Christians. They thought to themselves, you know what? If that can happen there, that can happen here. And there's a very important element that I want you to understand 
understand, we all have a contextual frame of reference. And when somebody breaks out of the borders of what we have seen and known, it enlarges our contextual frame of reference, and we suddenly begin to realize, God is bigger than I've allowed Him to be in my life. Maybe God wants to enlarge my capacity to a supernatural ability. You and I are that for other people. Come on, rise up and be everything He's called you to be, and let's let others be inspired as they hear the stories of the goodness of God. This is why you and I need to make it a point to share with our children, our sons and our daughters and our children's children about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God because we're establishing within within them a contextual frame of reference that God is good and God is powerful and God is our healer and God is our provider and God is our redeemer and God is a God that will hold you through every storm that you will ever walk through. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it's on your notes. I'm not going to read through this, but it speaks of natural senses that cannot comprehend what God has prepared for us. You have natural senses, and I want to talk to you today about moving beyond that, this, this incredible phrase in Scripture, not by sight. And we get that from 2 Corinthians, the next book Paul writes to the Corinthian church, chapter 5, verse 7, and it simply says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, again, that other portion of Scripture speaks of how the natural senses cannot comprehend what God has prepared. And then we're encouraged, walk by faith. Move beyond the natural senses, not by sight. Walk by faith, not by sight. The word sight in that particular verse of Scripture in the Greek language is E-I-D-O, and it literally means the five physical senses. What this is saying to us is walk by faith, not by your five physical senses. See, your sight will focus on the facts, but your faith has the ability to focus on the truth even when the facts fly in the face of the truth. Write that in on on your next blank. Your sight will focus on the facts. Your faith will focus on the truth. Fact, Jesus was crucified as a criminal. Truth, Jesus is the Son of God who died but is alive forevermore, the Redeemer of all humanity. There are facts and there are truth, and truth will shape the facts when we allow the truth to shape the facts. But we have to believe what God says more than what we see. And if what you're seeing doesn't line up with what God is saying, then keep saying what God is saying, and what you're seeing will begin to change. It will change. Truth has the power to transform the facts. This perspective is so important that we understand it in the way we live, in the way we love, in the way we serve, and in the way we give. The facts aren't always accommodating for us to do all of those things, but the truth is that we are blessed to be a blessing everywhere that we go. We can curse. We can bless those who curse us. We can pray for those who mistreat us. Your attitude to me doesn't have to define the man that I will become. I'm bigger than that. I'm stronger than that. Jesus in me is more powerful than that. How about you? That ought to be every one of our attitude. We're rising up in a greater perspective of the truth of God's Word, not allowing the facts to hold us hostage. But you have to understand this. Your ability to live beyond what you see with your eyes is a supernatural skill you must develop. Think about it. Your faith is like a muscle, and you have to work and exercise to strengthen that muscle. If I asked, if I just pointed somebody out and said, come up and do as many push-ups as you can, somebody who works out could come up and do some push-ups. 
Somebody else would come up and do 10 or 15, and they would wear out very quickly. Because if you're not in shape and you don't exercise and strengthen your muscles, then you're unable to do that for any length of time. You understand in worship, it's the same thing. If you've not been developing yourself spiritually, you just lose interest really fast. It's not that you're against what's going on. You just don't get out of it what everybody else seems to. Reading the scripture, spending time in prayer. You have to develop this skill, this ability, this supernatural capacity that exists within you and cultivate that so that you can rise up in that and begin to move in that. Most Christians, and I, this is re, I'm going to tamper just a bit this morning, most Christians simply rely on their natural abilities because they neglect their spiritual senses. Most Christians don't know the difference between a dazzling communicator and somebody they discern something might be off. If they can entertain you enough, you buy in. Come on, there's something deeper going on. You need to discern me. We need to discern anybody that stands up on this platform. Do I accept that and embrace that, or do I rightly divide the word and determine there's something else here going on? You and I need to walk that out. We've got an eldership structure that's constantly in that state, and in partnership together, we're walking this out. But we do have some conversations from time to time and say, is this really where the Lord is taking us? Is that really what we need to be doing? And we hash that out, and we work that out, and we don't just think it out, we pray it out. We believe God for his voice of counsel and wisdom in our lives to help us move forward in everything that he's called us to. Most Christians, I'll say it again, are simply reliant on their natural abilities because they've neglected to develop their spiritual senses. And I want you to think about this. There's a big difference between having a faith and living by faith. Big difference. I have a faith, but do I live by faith? We're capable of far more than we realize. But our tendency is to reduce our capacity to our natural ability. We are capable. How many of you believe you might actually be able to be used by God to foil criminal plots by a word of knowledge that God will reveal? I mean, do you understand? God is able to do that. But we're just seemingly so busy doing life, asking God to bless what we want to do, that we rarely take the time to cultivate the ability that takes us deeper into the purposes of God. We are so much more capable than what we allow ourselves to be. So I want you to think of it in these terms. Um, as an educator and, and, and walking through years of working with our school, it's been interesting to hear the differing viewpoints on calculators. Should we allow the students to use calculators? Should we not allow the students to use calculators? And, and when you're doing math, and I'm seeing a math teacher over here from Rose State College saying, no calculators. Why in the world would this guitarzan who stands up here like Eddie Van Halen bejesus be saying to us, no calculators for math, and this is why. Because if you use a calculator, you no longer use your brain. That's, that's the philosophy behind it. How many of you don't even think about where you go anymore? You just say, hey, Siri, take me somewhere. Right? I, oh, <laughs> Siri just came on. Stop that. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> she beeped me. LAUGHTER <laughs> So, you know, you, what you do is you figure out all these systems that help you accomplish something, and then you no longer have to use your brain. 
My phone takes me where I go. I don't even know how I got here. I'm not even sure how to get home, but it's no problem. I've got Siri. I no longer need my brain because I use my GPS. I no longer need my brain because I use my calculator. This is the thing I want you to understand, and please get this. When we cultivate senses and abilities that are of the Spirit, then we begin to awaken capacity that's beyond the natural realm. I I remember um, Dr. Greg Williams was uh, on our staff here in our school, blind, couldn't see, walked with his cane, you know, everywhere he went, Uh, incredible, incredible guy. He actually knew me by my steps. When I would walk up, he said, hi, Pastor Lawrence, and I'd be like, you can't see, how do you know it's me? And he said, oh, I hear your steps. So then I tried this. And he said, hi, Pastor Lawrence. And he said, I, said, I said, how do you know it's me? And he said, you're the only one crazy enough to do that. <laughs> so recognize this and understand, I, I was amazed at how heightened his other senses were because he did not rely on what he saw. He cultivated an, cultivated an ability with his other senses. See, the ability to see. How many of you are thankful that you can see? Kevin Shutt was telling me today, thankful he could see. He's recently had this eye surgery going on and crazy stuff. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're well. And declare continued wellness over your sight, sir, in Jesus' mighty name. The ability to see, though we're happy we can see. I want you to think about it. The ability to see leaves your other senses in a state of normalcy. The inability to see creates a greater awareness through your other senses. Do you track where I'm going with this? Walk by faith, not by sight. Purpose to neglect what's trying to get in your eyes in the natural realm around you so that you can develop these abilities that are beyond your natural ability. Learning to neglect what we see naturally helps us to develop abilities beyond these physical senses. You and I, are, I'll say it again, you and I are capable of far more than we realize. But our tendency is to reduce ourselves to this capacity of our natural abilities. I saw this clip, and I normally use a you know, few clips here and there. This was a little bit longer, but I just felt like it demonstrated so well um, what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to make today. So try to capture where I'm going with the co- context of everything I've said as you watch these few minutes. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. (laughs) What, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I don't want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. <laughs> get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. 
It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. <laughs> That's it, Brock. That's it. Better than 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm, he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. 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 It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Don't quit, no, keep going, keep going, keep going. Don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. Rock Kelly, you don't quit. Keep going, keep going. Go, Rock Kelly, you don't quit on me. No, you keep going, you keep going. Go, Rock, 10 more steps, 10 more, 10 more, 10 more. Keep going, don't quit. Give me your You can, you can. Five more, five more, come on, Brock, come on, don't quit, don't quit, come on, Brock, two more, one more. Let's go, Sissy, let's go, Sissy, I'll have him more. Look up, Brock, you're in the end zone. You are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach. Can I count on you? Yes. Coach? What is it, Jeremy? I wear 160.
blindfolded. He... Blindfolded. He no longer suffered from the limitation of his visual perspective. I just felt the Holy Spirit was saying to me in preparation for today, there are many people in our church family that are suffering from the limitation of your visual perspective. God is wanting to awaken abilities, capacities, and faculties far beyond where we have been dwelling. What we are doing is so very important. We are the expression of Christ to our world and our generation. We may not be much, but we're the best He's got. He's entrusted to our care His desire to transform a world. And we cannot be casual about that. So we're going to do an exercise together. We say often going to the church should not be like going to the movies where you come to be entertained. It should be like going to the gym where you expect you're going to work out. And I want to challenge you to work out. Our children uh, are here, and I'm going to ask if the kids will make their way down toward the front. As you come around, I want you to go and find your mom and dad as your children get to you. Then I want you to stand as a family. see your children and they're looking, help them find you. You might have to come get them. We do not take children home here. You have to take them. Everybody stand if you would. When you accept Christ, your spiritual software gets downloaded. You suddenly have the mind of Christ. To memorize the Bible is to memorize the mind of God and awaken the mind of Christ so that you can walk by the Spirit more effectively every day that you live. Just because you have the mind of Christ doesn't mean you use the mind of Christ. We have to cultivate that ability. So I'm going to ask you just to ponder, just close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to listen to what God has to say as you think about who is somebody that comes to mind that you can pray for. Somebody that comes to mind that you can pray for. And just slip up your hand when, I, when you have that person. Somebody comes to mind <clears throat> that you can pray for. And Holy Spirit... In this moment, where we position ourselves to give consideration of who you might speak to our hearts that we can pray for, 
we have successfully entered into a place of hearing the voice of God. I pray, Lord, that you would teach us this on a deeper level, that we would understand the value of being available just to care for the needs of others under the leadership and prompting of the Holy Spirit, that we would become an empowered force from heaven, an empowered force of God in our community, helping others, God, to become that in the various communities of the world as you are so hungry to seek and save those who are lost, and we are part of that effort. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we acknowledge that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Messiah who has fulfilled the prophecies and come to rescue all humanity. We recognize you're the Savior of the world. We acknowledge we need you as our Savior that we might be empowered to be a part of that force in the earth. And come on, if you agree with that prayer of salvation, why don't you give Jesus praise and adoration right now in an expression, a hand clap, a declaration of who he is in our hearts and our lives. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus.